are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. It is God's will for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Now you see people with bumper stickers, and pardon me if I get your favorite bumper sticker. Says the Lord has everything under control. Well, now he doesn't have everything under control in this earth. He has everything under control in the kingdom of God. But if he has everything under control in this earth, he's really got it in a mess. No, God's not controlling this earth. Satan is the God of this world. Now the Christians are put here, the body of Christ is here to bring this thing under control, subdue it and have dominion over it. That is the will of God for this planet. God said that to Adam in the beginning. Subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl there, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. Subdue it. Have dominion over it. If it gets out of line, you put it back in line. Don't call me. I'll call you and see what you did with it. God gave us dominion. We ought to exercise our dominion on this planet. It is His will that it be on earth as it is in heaven. Now, while we're there, let's look here at Matthew, the sixth chapter. Come right back down to verse 13 where Jesus said, well, let's read verse 10 all the way down. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, don't lead me any way that I'll be tempted, tested, or tried in this manner. You hear people teaching you that you ought to be tested and tried all through this life. Well, now, if it's the will of God that it be on earth as it is in heaven, and it's God's will that you always be in a test and a trial on this earth, well, you better get ready because you're going to have tests and trials in heaven because it's the same will for heaven as it is on the earth. You still there as you go home? I mean, if it's the will of God for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, it's God's will for it to be in heaven the same as it is on earth. So if it's God's will that you always be in test and trial and just barely get along the street and just have barely enough to get along, well, you better get ready. That's the way it'll be in heaven. I didn't get many amens out of that. Because we don't want it to be that way, do we? We don't believe it that way, do we? But Jesus said it's the will of God for it to be on earth when the kingdom come, the will of God on earth, the same as it is in heaven. In other words, in the kingdom, it is God's will you that are operating in the kingdom, to operate as though you were already there. Now, I'm not talking about some far-out fancy thing. I'm just talking about having your needs met, having abundance in this life, being able to give to others, meet the needs of others, and walk in health. That is the will of God. Now, if we walked 100% in the Word of God, we could live that out in reality. It's possible to do it in this earth. I don't know anybody that's ever done it. But it still doesn't change the will of God, does it? It still doesn't change the Word of God. If we could operate perfectly in the Word of God and walk in love, in perfection, I don't believe we'd ever get sick on this earth. Because sickness is under the curse. But how many of you know we don't always walk in the love of God? And we're not always perfect. I don't know anybody that's 98% perfect. 
<laughs> Do you? <laughs> so these things, just because they're not happening, does not mean it's not the will of God. So lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Thine is the kingdom. Now, go with me over to a scripture in John's gospel, the ninth chapter. Because here's where some of these things come from. John's gospel, the ninth chapter, verse 1. And Jesus passed by, saw a man that was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now listen to the question. Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now see, they believe that everything that happened, God caused it. So here they're saying, Lord, why did this happen? Was it because of the man's sin or the parents' sin? Now listen to the answer of Jesus. There's three things that he can answer. He can say it was the man's sin, he can say it was the parents' sin, or he can say neither. Now whichever one he says, he's answered the question. He's through dealing with the question then. Then he makes a statement. Now notice what Jesus said. And Jesus answered, neither. You could put a period there. Neither. You're wrong in both cases. Now, that's a stupid question to us because we say, how could a child sin in his mother's womb? Well, the Jews believed that you could. You could sin before you were born. That's the reason they asked this question. But now, see the mental attitude of these religious people. God has made this man be born blind. Now, what caused him? Was it his sin or the man's sin? Jesus said, neither. Now, that'll tear up your religious belief on it, puncture your balloon. Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now, see, we go back to the ten of the word now. Interpret the Bible literally when you can. You can't interpret that literally. If you do, you make Jesus a liar. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, what are you going to do with that then? Well, you've got to find the intent of what Jesus is saying. The intent is that neither one of these is right. It's not the man's sin. It's not the parent's sin that caused him to be born blind. But that the works of God should be manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man shall work. In other words, what he's saying is, you're wrong on both accounts. God didn't have a thing to do with it. But that the works of God should be manifest in him, I'll have to work the works of God because the works of God are not yet manifest in him. This is the work of the devil. That is the intent of what Jesus is saying. John 10.10 10 says, A thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more blindly, Oh, no, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So here's the intent of Jesus' word. You cannot take that literally, and people do. They say, see, Jesus said this man was born blind so God would get glory out of his healing. If I believed that, I wouldn't want to serve God in any minute. God is not schizophrenic. His will is that it be on earth as it is in heaven. What is the will of God? Is it God's will that this man sees in heaven? Yes, I believe it is. Now listen to what Jesus said. I must work the works of him that sent me. 
Verse 6, And when he had spoken this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind with the clay. I mean, what are you going to do about this? I mean, here's Jesus. He's not too popular anyway. And he spits and makes a mud ball and said, Here's the mud in the eye, you know. And said, Now go wash at the pool of Siloam. But here he comes back. And he went and washed and he came seeing. Now what happened? Look down at verse 11, the latter part. As he explained, I went and washed and received my sight. In verse 7, And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpreted sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now remember what Jesus said? I must work the works of him that sent me. Who sent Jesus? God sent him. So this is the work of God. When the work of God was manifest in the man, he was healed. Does that locate where the blindness came from? I believe it does. Since it's the will of God that it be on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody said, oh yes, but you see, God makes some blind and some sick and some crippled. They'll have great rewards when they get to heaven. Well, that may be true, all right. But he wants you to be well now. That's the will of God. But you can be crippled in life, in your prayer life, or you can be literally crippled in life by not knowing the will of God. Well, here he brings it out very vividly. I must work the works of him that sent me. So that locates the intent of what Jesus is saying. It had to be the will of God that this man be healed. Now, come over to John, the 11th chapter. Now, the story here, we pick up on it where Jesus... They sent a a runner down to where Jesus is and tells him that Lazarus, whom he loves, is sick. Now, let's pick up in verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And oh, you can just hear people saying, Yes, glory to God. He was sick for the glory of God, and I guess I'm sick for the glory of God. Now, wait a minute. Let's find the intent of what Jesus said. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, see, on the surface, it does sound like it said that. I can see where people could get that idea. But see, the Word of God spiritually discerned. Now, first of all, let's see if we can interpret this literally. If we can, then the man is sick for the glory of God. But he said, this sickness is not unto death. But the man died. Now, what are you going to do with it? If you interpret it literally, Jesus lied. And we know Jesus is not a liar. So you've got to back up and find the intent of what Jesus said. The intent was that the end result of this sickness will not end in death, but the end results of this whole matter will bring glory to God, and you follow Him and you find out it was not the sickness that brought glory to God, it was not the death that brought glory to God, but it was the resurrection that brought glory to God, because that was the will of God. Can you say amen? Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all of this week, our CD offer is CD offer number 7221. That's 7221. It's called God's Image of You. It's two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. God's Image of You. You know, so many times people don't have the right image of themselves. The Word of God is what gives us 
the image that God has of us. He describes us in the Word. John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So, so many people think they're going to be sons of God when they get to heaven. No, if you're not a son of God here, you're not going to be son of God when you get to heaven because you're not going to heaven. You have to make the decision here. John said, you have overcome the wicked one, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody said, do you mean that's talking about me? If you've been born again, Paul said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So the image you have of yourself should come from the word of God. Don't let it come from other people. Don't let it come from some ridiculous idea. But let the word of God be the point of contact to release your faith and have the image that the word says you should have. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says, As in water, face answered to face, so the heart of man to man. In other words, you look in water and it reflects what you are. It's offer number 7221, God's image of you. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Camps Ministries and our listeners in this area.